Hey everybody, it's Brock Falk, and I want to thank you for listening to this message from Heritage Church of Christ. We would be thrilled to share more content like this with you and make it easy for you to share it with others. You can find more messages like this on our podcast, or you can download our smartphone app by searching for Heritage Church of Christ in your app store. But most importantly, I hope this message encourages you to take a next step toward a thriving relationship with Jesus. Enjoy. Today, for the very first time, this Brock I mentioned is Brock Polk, our senior minister. And I really want you to come back and hear him or, or, or go online and listen to him because this guy is an amazing teacher. And you will be very, very uh, blessed to hear him. He's gone today, so let me remind you of something. In two months, in January, he will complete 10 years as our senior minister of this church. And he has done an amazing job through a lot of difficult times and you know, we never had a pandemic under our old senior minister, but you bring in these new guys. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Let him know how much you love and appreciate him. For the past year of my life, I've undertaken the challenge of seeing people. And what I mean by that is I've been trying to notice people that God puts in my path which seems like something Jesus was always doing. For most of my life, I'll be honest with you, I didn't see them. I mean, I saw them, but I didn't see them. Every waitress or waiter or cashier or salesperson I encounter every day, for the most part, has become a focus to me. 99% of the time now, I will ask for their first name and generally tell them mine. It's been amazing how many relationships have been fostered through that simple act of kindness. As a matter of fact, a few months back, I began thinking I was pretty good at this. Now, I've told this story in class, and I, I hope I haven't told it in here, but if I have, don't stop me because I want to hear it again. <laughs> it instantly changes the encounter when you ask for their name and tell them yours. So a few months back, I drove by the dry cleaners to put some shirts in, and a brand new person came out to the car in the drive through she was a young girl, or woman, I should say, attractive, and she was waiting on an old, overweight dude who, in her opinion, just wanted his clothes clean. Then came the magic question. What is your first name? My name is Jim. And she not only told me her first name, but she began to talk like a chatterbox. And when she took my clothes back into the business to get my uh, ticket, I began patting myself on the back for how good I was getting at this. 
And I was thinking, she must be thinking this old dude's pretty cool. Way to go, Jim. That young woman has to be thinking what a cool older guy I am. Not bad. So I was ready to engage her in more conversation when she returned. This was going to be good. She came back to the car and handed me my ticket and said, oh, here is something mixed in with the shirt you might need. It was a pair of crimson red underwear that were mine that had gotten mixed in with the shirts when I picked them up. I made such a great impression on this girl, so much so that I haven't seen her again to this day. She must have quit. When the Bible tells us not to think more highly of ourselves than we ought, we shouldn't. God has a way of helping us become humble. Well, I am humbled this morning and thankful for the opportunity to share this message. Now, I'm going to show my age a little here today. Not that I would need to. I think you've got it figured out. But because I want to remind you of a movie that premiered over 30 years ago. You know, once in, once in a while you see a movie that really touches your life and, 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 and it, you know, it has some kind of positive impact on you. Well, that was the case when I saw Regarding Henry back in 1991. And I've watched it a few times on television since. You've seen it? Regarding Henry? It was a movie that made you both uh, cry and want to shout for joy. So you can go on Netflix and watch it tonight if you mind to. It's there. And I'm not too worried about spoiling it for you because it's been out three decades, so no spoiler alert. Harrison Ford, of course, is the star in the movie. He's a very successful lawyer who had a marriage that was happy only on the surface and who had a daughter whom he really doesn't know. And they have all the trappings of success, money, power, the best schools. And one evening, Henry walks to the corner store to buy some cigarettes where he happens in on a robbery in progress. And during the next few moments, his life changes forever. He is shot in the chest and in the forehead. He lies unconscious for days on end. And after regaining consciousness, he is in rehabilitation for a long time, learning to speak and to walk. His memory is almost non-existent. When he's able eventually to return home and ultimately back to work, he makes an amazing discovery. As he came to learn who he was and what kind of life he had been living, he didn't like himself. Money no longer was more important than honesty. 
Fidelity and relationship became more important things to him in marriage. He found that he wanted a relationship with his daughter. He had lived all of his life before having the chance to look back and discover that the things he had valued weren't so important after all. Likely there are some of us here this morning who likewise have had events occur in our lives that have caused us to look back and consider what we've been doing. I mean, sometimes we too have come up with a conviction that what we have been doing with our lives wasn't so important. Sometimes it's an accident or a disease or a close call with death or a breakdown within a relationship that brings it to pass. I don't know about you, but every time I see on the news another mass shooting somewhere, it makes me realize and think about how many lives will be taken, <coughs> excuse me, will be taking a new direction because of this evil action. It amazes me that we could be so busy and involved doing what really brings us little or no lasting happiness. And yet, honestly, sometimes that's where many of us are. You see, I believe we would be blessed if we could have this kind of look-back experience without having to go through some traumatic event. Uh, Paul, in our text for today, speaks to this matter as he contemplates the joy of being busy doing the most important thing in life. Our text comes from the book of Philippians. Philippians, remember, is the joy letter. It's been labeled that by scholars who've studied it because it's so filled with joy and optimism. It was written by Paul from a Roman prison, which makes it all the more unusual. He was facing the death penalty, which truly makes this one of those look back moments in life. Let's explore his findings together. Philippians 3, 12 through 14. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Now, to, to Paul, the most important thing in life was knowing Jesus. We have to go back in the chapter to find the subject of Paul's discussion in our text. 
You want to know what the subject is? We back up two verses. So I'm going to back up 10 and 11 and read those two. Here's the subject. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. The, the, the most important thing in life to Paul was Jesus. It was important to know him, to share in his sufferings, to become like him. That's the goal. And, and, and to me, Paul seems to be saying that real joy in life is when you find yourself zeroing in on that target. So you can have all of the money and still not be happy. You can have fame and power galore. And yet when you too feel the sentence of death, those things will not mean so much to you. How are you doing on all of this? What have you been focused on in life recently? Where have you been looking for happiness? Where, where have you been looking for joy? Is it that which has real value? And how can you change and become redirected? If we, if, if we follow Paul's logic in this text, there are three things that we must deal with if we're to be focused on that which has importance, that which will bring true joy. Number one, first of all, we have to deal with where we are. In verse 12, Paul said, not that I have already obtained all of this or have already been made perfect. If we're going to be able, like Paul, to focus on Jesus, we must, must first come to grips with where we are. You see, the honest truth is we haven't arrived in this regard. I know I haven't. There's plenty of room for growth. Uh, Paul was in prison and about to die because of his faith and his preaching, and he's still aware he hasn't arrived. Now, does that mean he wasn't saved? That he didn't believe in his own salvation? No, 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 no. This doesn't have anything to do with someone being assured they're saved. Hear me. I don't know anyone who believed in their salvation more than Paul. He was the one who said, I fought the good fight, I've finished the course, I've kept the faith, and there is therefore a crown of righteousness that awaits me, no doubt. Scripture teaches us that we should know we have eternal life. 1 John 5 and verse 13. These things I've written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God in order that you may know that you have eternal life. 
What Paul is saying is that I have not come to know Jesus as fully as I would like or need. Are you saved, Paul? Yeah, I'm saved. But I want to know Jesus. Each day, he wanted to know him just a little bit better. He wanted to become more like him in some way, great or small, today, in some way. Let me become more like Jesus. How are you doing on that? We have to be so careful that we don't feel like that once we become a Christian, we have arrived. I mean, it's too easy to become satisfied or complacent simply with the, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian and I, I'm in this church. And when that happens, we quit growing. The quest of every member of this church, every day of our lives, should be to become more like Jesus. That's true of the elders, the ministers, the teachers, everyone. It is an unfinished task. And any focus short of this in life is one that could leave us hurting one day. We first of all have to deal with where we are in able to enable us to move on. Number two. Secondly, we have to deal with where we've been. Verse 13. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do. Listen now. Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on. You see, we have to come to grips with the fact that we don't and can't live in the past. It doesn't matter that I was faithful and committed for 30 years, if I'm not now. It doesn't matter that I once was a faithful reader of scripture and a person who prayed every day and if I'm not now. It, you know, it doesn't matter that I once was a church leader and may have been instrumental in leading people to Jesus or building a church or even starting one. Oh, it's wonderful these things happened and the good coming from all of that can only be measured in eternity. But the real issue is how am I doing with the Lord right now? We don't live in the past. Pride can be a killer. James 4 and verse 6, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Paul, in this very chapter, if you want to go back and read it, and, and that would be great to do, has taken to task our placing confidence in our past, or our heritage, or our race, he said, I considered them rubbish. The danger is that we can become so focused on the past that we live in the past. Now, let, let, me, let me turn the coin over just a little bit here and say there's also a sense 
in which we need to put some of the bad stuff in our past behind us too. Sometimes we have some difficult experience spiritually. Sometimes we've been hurt by our churches. You know churches do that? We, we, listen, we can't continue to relive past problems. Have you had any? It's, it's, you know, I've known people who were involved in a church fight or fuss or something and for years couldn't get rid of it. And it sucked the spiritual life right out of them. It's really hard to grow spiritually when we're constantly hanging on to some difficult experience. We need to bury all of those past negatives and be concerned with the future. Our focus needs not to be in the past, not on our mistakes or our wounds. Forgetting what is behind, and in that sense, we have to deal with where we've been. But thirdly, we have to deal with where we're going. Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Now, some of you are going to leave here disagreeing with me today. That's okay. You could be wrong about other things. We, we have a goal. We have a prize for which we are committed, and too often we have perceived this as being heaven or eternal life. In reality, if we look at this text carefully, the goal of which he speaks here refers back to verse 10 of the chapter, and it is to know Christ and become like him. That is the goal. Paul says, toward this end, I press on, I move forward, I do something to attain the goal of becoming like Jesus. And people, that really should be the goal of our lives. It's not our goal to go to heaven if we're Christians. That's our promise. That's a guarantee. Christians go to heaven. Our goal is to become more and more like Jesus in every way. And that is something we can work on all the time. And that is something that has real value. How are you doing on that? Where are you going? What's your purpose? Each day just become a little more like Jesus. That's where we're going. Three critical issues we face. Where are we now? Where have we been? And where are we going? Now, if you, and and there could be some in here who certainly have, had an experience like Harrison Ford in regarding Henry, some kind of experience. 
if you had one, if you had one now, how do you think you'd feel about your life right now? It's almost impossible to answer that one without having such an experience. I'm going to tell you somebody, I think, I haven't talked to him, but I think David Trice had that kind of experience. And I think you could ask him if he has looked back and reevaluated his life. It usually takes something like that for us to refocus our lives. And that's really too bad because a lot of people never get that chance. We should be dealing with our lives honestly right now while we have the opportunity and not waiting for such an experience. How you doing? Give that serious consideration, please, this morning. Just be like Jesus. That's the goal.